You're listening to Film School, broadcasting every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, and on the web at KUCI.org slash Film School. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. Our guest today, director, producer, actor, writer Bob Balaban, began working with Chicago's celebrated Second City troupe while still in high school. He made a memorable film debut as a student who has a bathroom encounter with John Voight in Midnight Cowboy and has since starred in dozens of films including Clock Watchers, Best in Show, Altered States, and Catch-22. In 2001, Balaban scored a major critical success helping conceive, produce, and acting in Robert Altman's murder mystery, Gosford Park. His latest role is in Christopher Guest's new mockumentary, For Your Consideration. Bob Balaban, welcome to Film School. Good morning, good afternoon, whenever it is. <laughs> it's, it's morning here in Irvine. Where are we reaching you? Well, I happen to be in uh, Long Island, in Bridgehampton, Long Island. Ah, uh, so, so you're having lunch. Have out here. So tell us, what's it like working with Christopher Guest? How does that whole mockumentary style go for you? Well, it's not just that it's a mockumentary meaning. Basically, uh-huh. These are improvised movies. We get an outline and... We get a little sheet about who our characters are, and then we just show up on the set, and Chris says, you, will, you can stand here, you can walk 20 feet to the left, do what you like, let's, uh, let's say action, and, you know, begin. Mm-hmm. You don't talk about it, you don't plan anything. You kind of have an idea what has to happen, and you kind of go from there. Uh, it's the most fun I ever had. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not really just because it's an improvised movie. It's because without Christopher, there really wouldn't be anything because he has a magical way of getting the right people together, creating the right situations for things to happen in, and then knowing when to say nothing and knowing when you need a helping hand. He's just uh, he, he's a mind reader, basically. And, and his aura, you, you, you hope that some little piece of his aura emanates into you, and then you'll be a lucky person. <laughs> now, now, in that uh, improvised style, how long does it usually take to put together, say, a minute or two of a scene? They're all different. You know, there's yeah. some things that are very quick and... You just have to go in there and say, excuse me, I'm late, and you didn't really have to do very much. (laughs) Most of these things that end up looking like scenes probably got shot mm, three or four hours, maybe five hours. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the camera's always rolling. So, you know, on a regular movie, you could find five hours where they didn't expose a single foot of film. Uh, In these movies, if you're working for five hours, chances are the camera was rolling for four of the five hours. Setups are very modest. We do a couple of takes of things. The filmmaking part is remarkably quick, but the part where we talk and the camera rolls lasts forever. So to end up with a minute of real footage, you probably shoot about, I'm just guessing, three or four hours of, uh, of uh, exposed film adds up to a minute or two. What is so uh, wonderful about what Christopher Guest does, and I think a lot of very good film directors do, is they assemble a cast of people a group of people that they draw upon for different projects. And mm-hmm. with Christopher Guest, he's been going going way back to Spinal Tap. He's been, well, even further back, going with Christopher Guest in Second City and before that. But all, you, you see the, a lot of the same people showing up in the films, and you can you feel the rapport. You can feel the, the, the sort of give and take in the, in the, with the cast. Well, I'm happy if you think so, because it's, it's true it is there, but I suppose these things don't always show on film. But... This actually is really different from most other filmmakers. For example, Robert Altman, Francois Truffaut, you know, a couple of great filmmakers who have an enormous body of work and frequently work with a number of the same people. 
nobody really ever worked with all 28 of the same people mm-hmm. over and over and over again. We just change our costumes and show up for the next movie. <laughs> um, I don't think that's really happened before as thoroughly as, as Christopher likes to do this mm-hmm. process. Um, there was a series of movies called The Carry On Pictures that were British movies in the late 50s into the late 60s, I think maybe early 70s. And every year there would be a new Carry On Picture, much like every year a new Christopher Guest movie, although more of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did use almost all the same people, and they had the sexy blonde, and she played all the sexy blondes, and they had the, the kind of prissy guy, and then they had the stupid guy. They kind of had the same uh, repertory company, but most movies never do that. We're speaking with Bob Balaban about the uh, new Christopher Guest film that he's in for your consideration. But I'd like to change tracks just a little bit. You did mention Robert Altman. He's just passed away. Uh, you worked closely with him on Gosford Park. Talk a little bit about his style. Compare it to Christopher Guest. Well, there really is a certain kind of similarity, I, I guess, between Christopher and Robert in that they were both very open to mistakes and mm-hmm. things that you didn't know were going to happen. And certainly, in varying degrees, there were improvised scenes and sections of all of Robert Altman's movies. But obviously, Chris's are kind of 100% improvised. The new movie... Uh, for your consideration, has a movie within the movie right. that the characters are working on called Home for Purim, and that is scripted. But, you know, that doesn't take up a great amount of the uh, of the movie, and you really he really had to write it. It would have been too hard to be in a movie that was supposed to look like a regular movie, and it wasn't. You know, that would have been. Too. So there was that similarity. Also, they have amazing abilities to understand behavior, Christopher and Robert. And, you know, aside from that, they're completely different as all as everybody's different, yeah. and as all, certainly all great directors are different. Working with Robert was also similar because he had an amazing abil- ability to make actors feel that you could do anything. Uh, he, en- he engendered a massive amount of trust that was completely well-deserved. You knew you'd be in great hands with him. He'd protect you in the edit. You could really do anything, and he encouraged you to. There's something great about being a bad boy director mm-hmm. um, in that, you know, with with Robert, mistakes were sometimes better than anything he planned, and all he had to do was find it interesting, and that would be reason enough to have it in a movie. His instincts were phenomenal. Yeah. So, you know, like Chris, I suppose you could say as well. But, you know, they're both very different. Yeah. Their filmmaking process is different. Christopher is more documentary-like, not that he can't make it look beautiful if he needs to. Yeah. Robert's was a little more formal, but uh, but still able to be raggedy around the edges enough to contain any crazy action or thing that was happening. Well, I think that's the thing that makes a, a film, is the sense of not knowing where it's going uh, mm-hmm. and being surprised and uh, by it and uh, happy, and the actors. Happy accidents. Happy well, accidents. It's, it's interesting. A.O. Scott, I don't know if you read his piece in the New York Times on Altman uh, a week, a couple of days ago now, really spoke, I thought, amazingly accurately and very affectionately about Robert's distrust of form in a way that he didn't like endings. You know, he, he would get to the end of a movie and didn't want to do something as conclusive yeah. as, I guess you could, for lack of a better word, say a Hollywood ending with a clear resolution mm-hmm. because, you know, he was so interested that his movie, movies breathe and, mm-hmm. and seem like life as much as they're obviously completely artificial. He wanted to, that illusion was very important to him, so to some extent, uh, endings were anathema to him. And In fact, when we were working on Gosford Park, he did briefly consider not having the murder resolved Mm -hmm. at all, uh, and then decided that instead of not resolving it, he would resolve it, but the resolution would be much more about 
personal revelations than they really would be about the machinations of the murder, because that's where his interest lay was much more with the people. I'm a big fan of Gosford Park, and I think, I hate to throw these terms around, but Gosford Park for me was one of the most seamless of the Robert Altman films in, in that the, the, the stories seemed to flow back and forth. The sort of upstairs, downstairs quality of the film went back and forth very, very easily. And, well, uh, and he, lo- he loved the idea that there were two worlds going on at once. Yeah. And, and we shot them, obviously, separately. And at some, m- most of the upstairs characters barely knew the downstairs characters. My experience with Alan Bates and Emily Watson was primarily that they were these people who stood in the corner quietly while we, did, while we acted <laughs> you know, or did our scenes. You know. But, of course, we weren't there for them when they were downstairs having all the fun. I, I know the, the first day he got into the cutting room and started looking at this stuff cut together whereby the two worlds would start existing simultaneously in some cases and be intercut, that was the, the most excited I saw him in the editing process when he said, yes, there is this amazing energy and amazing life that starts happening when you keep these two worlds going together. And, and you know, as you know, he was a master at all aspects yeah. of filmmaking, but certainly editing was an area in which he was so great because he'd go in with all his preconceived ideas, and if something worked out better, he was the first one to leap on it. He would never stick to anything because it was his original plan. Well, Bob Alaban, I want to uh, move into your particular... Uh, you've done some films. You've directed some films. Uh, I did. I just finished um, a little, well, I say a little very low-budget movie with Susan Sarandon and Ray Fiennes about Doris Duke, the rich lady, and her butler, Bernard Lafferty. Does you have a working title right now? Yes, it's called Bernard and Doris. No, I'm looking forward to that. You've been involved in so many wonderful productions, and one of my favorites is the uh, animated series Hopeless Pictures. Oh, thanks. And I just want to know, was was the inspiration behind that your family in, uh, in the funny. theater? Oh, I hope, I hope not. <laughs> uh, yes, my family had been in uh, movie production a long time ago. Yes. No, the inspiration for it was just was just that I had access to a lot of funny people who improvise well. Oh, yeah. I love animation. I've done a couple of animation projects, and I wanted to marry the two of them. And uh, since I was very involved myself, uh, I spent a huge amount of time talking on the cell phone. I thought, <laughs> what project could there be where I could get a lot of people talking and use the cell phone a lot? And it was natural that it came out to be uh, a movie studio and a lot of desperate people. Uh, I suppose it's the thing that connects all of Christopher's movies, is that you tend to come upon a group of people who are in a high state of anxiety because they have to produce something, whether it's a a well-groomed dog or a concert for a folk (laughs) revival or, uh, you know, or or in this case, put on an actual movie within a movie. Um, You're coming upon a bunch of people uh, who are in a heightened state of that helps everything. Well, I, I uh, the, the cast is brilliant on Hopeless Pictures, but Michael McKeon is remarkable. And oh, uh, I think he's fantastic. Uh, I'm very lucky to be his uh, writing partner in uh, for your consideration. Oh yeah, you get, and what I have to ask you about your, your, your one of your early films, which is Parents. I'm a big fan oh. of it, and and really wanted to know where you came up with the idea. Was that something from your past as, as a, a 10-year-old a ten year old kid? or uh... Well, for, the, for those who don't know, the movie Parents, which would include 99% of the world, <laughs> uh, it's a movie I directed 15 or 20 years yeah. ago at this point yeah. about a little boy who thinks his parents might be cannibals, and of course, he's just a 9-year-old boy with a vivid imagination, according to his uh, guidance, count, guidance counselor, played by Sandy Dennis, 
and uh, the, what, the climax, so to speak, of the movie is the, the teacher is killed and eaten for dinner by the parents. So <laughs> surprised it actually was uh, so, happening. Well, it's it's a terrific film. I really recommend uh, people check it out. It, it's uh, it uh, the performance of Randy Quaid, Mary Beth Hurt, and. Uh, but, but back to for, for your consideration. Uh, yes. Uh, I know you're not supposed to say, but is there someone you liked improvising the most with? Everybody's different, uh-huh. and it all depends on who the characters are and what the situations are. So everybody shines depending on what and where and how. I will say Fred Willard stands out as somebody oh. <laughs> when, with whom you don't have to think too much. You just have to go. You just have to batten down your hatches and try to keep your mind yeah. together and your senses intact. He's such an assault he is. Uh, in, a, in a loving, affectionate way, but, uh, but sometimes uh, that's hard to remember. Uh, <laughs> and well, we, lo- we, all, we, we basically all enjoy each other tremendously and enjoy, as, and never have before I've been in a movie where you, you actually enjoyed not being in scenes so you could sit around and watch what uh, the other cool. people are doing. We, we spend a lot of time enjoying each other. Well, it comes across very well. In Thank that. you. Uh, Thank you, Bob Balaban. The film is for your consideration. It's in theaters all over America. I want to thank you for being on Film School. Terrific. Nice to be here. Thanks, guys. To learn more about Film School, listen to more interviews, or subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at KUCI.org slash filmschool.